This is a GRDC podcast. It's a brilliant sunny day on the eastern Darling Downs. I'm standing on the edge of a huge paddock at Pampas, flat as far as you can see. Very few fences around here on this rich cropping country. I'm with Dr Lindsay Bell from the CSIRO in Toowoomba. Lindsay has brought me here to look at the core site for GRDC's Farming Systems Project in the north of the northern region. The project, which has been going for nearly four years at this site, is testing a whole range of different farming systems to see how they impact on profitability over the longer term. Now, exactly what that means, we'll find out. So, Lindsay, how is this research different from what we might normally see? So, I guess what's different about this sort of research is we're trying to follow what happens over a sequence of crops in particular in the system. So, looking at things over a longer time time frame and what some of the legacies of one crop are for a subsequent crop in terms of soil water or soil nitrogen or pathogen loads. You're growing a bunch of summer crops. I noticed sorghum stubble here. What else are you growing? We've grown a lot of different crops at this site so far. So we've, over that three years, we've grown wheat, faba beans, canola, field peas, sorghum, cotton, maize, mung beans, and sunflowers, as well as some pastures in the in the cropping systems as well. So quite a lot of different things going on, and I guess we're trying to see how each of those different things play out in the system. What are you actually measuring in these trials then? So I guess one of the things about these trials is we're trying to understand many aspects of the system. I mean, farmers have to manage a whole range of these things. So a key driver is water. So we're measuring water regularly in these systems to understand how different crops extract water and how water accumulates during fallows afterwards and how crops might affect that process. We're measuring soil nitrogen and other nutrients to understand how efficiently crop systems are extracting using the nutrients we apply, but also what the long-term impacts might be on extraction of phosphorus and potassium, for example. Um, We're monitoring pathogen loads, so particularly things like root lesion nematode. This site here has got... We started out with fairly high populations of root lesion nematode, so we wanted to see how a different cropping system strategies would impact on those pathogens in the system. We're monitoring weeds. I mean, it's not, we're not doing a weed trial. We're just trying to see what the weed populations that emerge over time would be. And we're measuring some of the longer-term indicators like soil carbon, and, and obviously we're measuring crop yields, biomass, and, and economics and all the inputs that are going into each of the systems over time. It really is a mini-farm. You're not just looking at one little aspect of a farm. It's a whole farm. Well, I wouldn't say it's quite the whole farm, but it's like a paddock. So each of our plots is like a mini paddock. So we've got, you know, 168 paddocks here, and we're trying to trying to test out if you deployed this sort of cropping system in a in this particular paddock, how would that compare to a the equivalent paddock right next door that's had the same starting conditions and everything and over time. Looking at consequences, I suppose, in a way, if you do this, what happens then? Yeah, yeah. So a farmer might put in a strategy in their farming enterprise and see what impact that would have on, I guess, how efficiently their system is operating. So there are things like cropping intensity, so the amount of time that you spend with crops in the ground and how many crops you intend to grow over a period of time, things like the diversity of crops you might deploy in your system, so whether you have a fairly restricted set of core crops or whether you've got a much wider diversity of crops that you might deploy, things like your nutrition strategy, whether you're fairly a bit more conservative about that or whether you're being 
really putting a lot of nutrient in the system and they're things like about how you might manage your soil resource and whether or not you're putting in some practices into the system that are orientated to managing your soil resource or, or maintaining its resilience and sustainability over time. Okay. Give you a rest from the interview. Sure. Let's go for a bit of a walk and you can, uh, you can show me what you've got here. Yeah. Okay? Okay. This plot here particular, Chris, is... So this is one of our summer systems, so we've got a whole range of different, I guess, seasonalities we're trying to test at this site in particular. Um, so this system here has had a sequence. We would have started out in a winter crop in 20, 2015. I think this crop would have been uh, probably faba beans. And then we followed that with cotton after a long fallow into cotton. And then last summer here we had sorghum following cotton. Whereas the plot adjacent would have had a different crop sequence. So that one might have started in wheat. And then it would have gone to maize and then to sorghum. So you can see how those two different plots... I guess have a different crop sequence over that time and we can compare for example what the impact of this cotton crop prior to this organ crop was relative to the maize crop and see whether that made any difference in terms of the yield of the sorghum in the subsequent year. Of course what we're talking about here is the efficiency of the water use. Yeah so well how much water was extracted by each of the crops and how much product they produced and then be able to compare, I guess, the economics of those things as well over time. Okay. You mentioned in uh, one of your papers that I've seen the dollars per millimetre. Is that a measure that you're sort of uh, basing things around? Yeah, well, that's our ultimate comparison here is to see how our different cropping system strategies convert rainfall into dollars. I mean, that's what farmers are out there doing, really. That's what they're trying to optimise. And so... But there's a whole range of things they've got to balance up in that space. So the sustainability of the system, what the pathogens are, their risk profile. So they're going to have, you know, some of the, some of the systems here, we, we're running a higher risk rotation, which in the, ultimately might end up with more money, but you're going to have more failed crops and whether farmers can manage, well, can wear those different strategies is probably up to them, but we're trying to get those numbers to help them make those decisions. Okay, well, let me give you a hypothetical now. So a farmer traditionally has a summer crop of sorghum Mm -hmm. and then he goes into a wheat or a barley or some other winter rotation. Could it be the case that not every year it should be sorghum and it may be something else, it may be more profitable for him to grow something else? Yeah, look, there's a range of crops you could grow. It could be sorghum, it could be mung beans, it could be sunflowers, it could be cotton. Now, you might have different starting waters that you might want to achieve before you plant each of those crops. But we're trying to say, okay, well, if you had sorghum grown under the same conditions as mung beans, how many dollars would you have returned from those two crops under the same conditions, the same lead-up? What impact did that have on other things? But also then what happened after those crops? So how much water was then available at the end of the fallow period following the sorghum crop here versus the mungbean crop over there. And so you can sort of then understand what's, what's going on in terms of how much water they've used, turn that into dollars versus how much water would have been left and whether that actually means something in the subsequent years. Not a crop by crop look it's, it is really is a systems look over a longer period of time yeah it's exactly what what distinguishes this i guess is that you can follow the implications or the legacy impacts of a particular crop or management choice in one year 
through into subsequent years and see how that plays out. So while one thing might have brought about a better return in a particular year, it might have some negative consequences in years two or three. Okay, well, let's walk on a little bit more. I'm, I'm interested in getting up here because we're getting up to the winter cropping area. Yep. just want to have a, a, a quick look up here. This is the winter crop area, yep. is it? So what am I looking at here? There's a lot of trash on the ground. Well, there yeah. is. So, so these systems here, have obviously, had, they've had a different crop sequence. We were just looking at the summer sort of rotations. So these ones are only deploying winter crops in the system. So we're trying to capture a range of different systems that, uh, deployed across this northern grains region. So some farmers operate a winter-only sort of cropping, some, some are more summer-focused. So we're trying to capture those differences. This is one of our high-legume rotations. So the first year here, I think, would have been in either faba beans or field peas. It would have then been followed by a winter cereal, and then it's been followed by chickpeas last year. So, you know, we're trying to grow every second crop's a legume, and we're trying to understand what how does that perform in terms of its nutrient use efficiency relative to a system where you might grow cereals two in three years or three in four years, for example? That's a fairly common uh, rotation, is it? Well, it's not uncommon. I mean, there's a lot of people growing a lot more legumes in their system these days for various reasons, the high prices of pulses, but also because of increasing nitrogen inputs. And so I guess we're trying to say, well, we're trying to understand, well, are there some negative consequences of doing that over time? Hopefully we'll be the canary in the, in, the, in the mine shaft if there are some things happening that might happen. But also in terms of what's the benefit or, or, the, or the cost of those things. So putting you on the spot, what, uh, yep. what have you found out from this particular plot? Well, we have seen in these winter rotations that some of the systems in particular where we've put some diversity, some different crops in them, have actually performed very well compared to our standard sort of system. So... Most people would be comfortable with a, a win- two winter cereals followed by a chickpea is a pretty common crop sequence for this sort of rotation. So here we had canola followed by durum wheat followed by chickpeas. And that system, for example, is well ahead in terms of profit return per millimetre of water use compared to our standard in these particular set of winter rotations. Now that might just be the seasons we encountered where they did very well. So we're trying to extrapolate that using some modelling over a longer time as well. That is a promising thing because that diverse system is that being able to manage the nematode population downwards over that time. So we started at a fairly high level. We've brought that down to about half of what it was at the start over our three years. Whereas the wheat, wheat chickpea system is probably gone up somewhat. Probably not lots, but it's gone up over that time. So... I guess that shows that there, if you have a nematode problem in your system and you want to manage nematodes through crop rotation, you might be able to do that without actually costing you a lot of money if you, if you deployed the right sort of crops. Now, you mentioned you're not doing a weed trial, that you're monitoring weeds. Uh, what about the nutrition side of things? Yeah, so one of the strategies we're testing, Chris, is, is a strategy where you fertilise the crops in the system to a sort of 50th percentile yield or an average yield versus a, an approach where every crop is, is fertilised to its 90th percentile or its, its yield, maximum yield potential in a particular season. So we're trying to drive the systems apart in terms of how well the crops have access to fertiliser. So if you have a very good year, then the higher fertilised one hopefully will perform better. But also tracking how much of that nitrogen then gets cycled into subsequent years. So if you over-fertilise a crop, how much is then available in the next crop? And so whether or not that strategy over the long term will get you somewhere. So what are you getting at there? You, you, you're saying there should be a more uh, longer-term nutrient plan rather than a year-by-year one? 
Yeah, I think that's what we're trying to test. So if you have, as opposed to being highly tactical each year and, and just applying chasing the fertiliser that a crop might need each year. If you operate your system at a higher plane of fertility, so you've always got more fertiliser or or nutrients in the system, whether you get some benefits in the good years. It's not something you are recommending, but you're you're testing that. No, we're trying to test that. I guess there's a whole range of other people doing a whole range of nutrition research out there that we're trying to, I guess, see what that means in the systems context here. And we don't have enough space or or resources to be able to do all of those potential combinations, but just trying to see whether there's a benefit there and whether or not there's some interactions with some of the other treatments. So, for example, if you employed that high-nutrient strategy and you've dealt with your nematodes by managing a diverse crop system, do you get a bigger benefit than what you would have if you just did one one or the other by itself, for example? Now, another aspect of this is uh, you're testing different intensities of cropping. Just tell me about that. Yeah, so Chris, what we're trying to do is see what impact cropping intensity has. So cropping intensity means the amount of time that crops are in the ground relative to uh, between the systems. So these systems we're standing between here, we've grown five crops over the last three and a half years in these systems, whereas our standard sort of approach has been we've, we've grown three crops over our three and a half years. So we, we're trying to make comparisons between a system which is far more aggressive Planting on less soil moisture, probably a bit riskier, but the view is that we're going to use more of the rainfall through the crops in these higher intensity systems relative to the others. And so does that then translate into more dollars per millimetre over time? These systems are probably going to be higher risk, potentially, but does it pay off in the long run? And here we also have some very low intensity systems, so a system which is Uh, I guess being risk-averse, you're waiting until you have a very full profile of soil moisture before we're planting a crop, usually going for a higher value crop in that context. And so whether or not that strategy is going to match up in terms of how efficiently we're converting rainfall into dollars. And, of course, you're also measuring the, I suppose, the normal or the average yeah, yeah, yeah. intensity. So the average intensity, I guess, we're targeting is about 0.8 to 1 crops per year on average. And the low intensities might be somewhere between 1 crop every 2 years to 2 crops in 3. And these high intensities, we're pushing up to sort of 1.2 to 1.3 crops per year is, is, I guess, where we intend the systems to go. Okay, so any results from that at this stage? And I know we're talking about this over the long term, and you've only been doing this for a couple of years, yeah. but what are you seeing? Well, so far we've actually seen very little difference between these high intensities and the moderate intensity systems in terms of dollars per millimetre so far. The lower intensity systems are behind at the moment in terms of return per millimetre, so about 60 to 75% of the return per millimetre of these other two. But one thing we have noticed is in these plots we're just standing in here now is that we've grown a double crop of mung beans, which didn't give us a huge gross margin it was just broke even and we've also grown a double crop of of sunflowers or sorghum here and and last summer was a pretty challenging summer and so in both of those cases those crops probably didn't make money so i guess that's that's the risk of employing that sort of higher higher intensity system if you don't have that buffer of soil moisture under you the likelihood of making a a negative or a marginal gross margin is is going to be more. So that's the sort of understanding I guess we're trying to grapple with and test here. Look, there's just so much more to see and talk about here. 
we literally have only walked past a couple of dozen plots out of 168 and you just know that each plot has its own story to tell but we have run out of time for this podcast my thanks to Dr Lindsay Bell for his time and showing me around this amazing trial. I hope together we've managed to convey the scale and importantly the long-term approach of this multifaceted farming systems trial that of course is funded by GRDC. Thanks for listening. My name is Chris Brown. <laughs> <laughs>